This is episode two of the 2020-2021 Hoop and Holler Top 10 Players in the NBA. Hope you enjoy. All right. You're up, Julio. I got Steph. Mm. And I had trouble putting him at number six. Um, just because I, I can see the argument for putting him higher. Uh, but the thing about Steph, and I, I know it was a very, very limited sample size last year. But I, I feel like what we're going to get this year, what I project seeing him this year, I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are disappointed. If Steph was that guy that I thought he was last year, um, he would. I, I don't want to say he would easily be the you know favorite to win MVP, but he. I, I think right now in betting odds, he's like he's like seven. And I just feel like, and again, I know last year was a limited sample size, so you can't really say that Steph disappointed too much. But I just feel like he's that type of dude where you put too much burden and too much, you know, responsibilities on his plate. Not that he only breaks down from, you know, body-wise and physically, but I just don't think he's fit to carry your team. And I know that's not the only criteria for these guys on this list, but, you know, why you have to have him on this list is it's similar similar to Damian Lillard? He has that aura about him to where he can take over a game and score, you know, three three pointers, nine points in five seconds. And you know, Steph is just that guy. Um, but the thing about Steph with me, I just have to see it from him that he can carry a squad that might be, you know, deprived of talent, but he can still be that guy. He can still be that MVP caliber player and i know he he helps his teammates and his team you know in ways that you know stats can't really account for and the you know normal nba fans eye can't really see sometimes and that that, that's part of the reason what what makes you know steph special but i just i don't want to say i have to be reminded about steph but i almost have to see him without you know clay uh, a, a draymond at his peak and kd you know, on his team, which, you know, kind of why, you know, dropped him for me on, on this list. But, yeah, I got him at six. So I could go with a multitude of arguments, right? <laughs> but I just want to pinpoint one thing, which is, so you probably have Luca list, right? Mm-hmm. So what does Luca and do I, I, I can I can see, I can, see the, I can see the argument because I have my top three – I have my top no, I have my top four defined, but I, I can I can see why Luca it was Luca essentially it was Luca, A D and Steph that I could have fluctuated on in, in three positions, mm-hmm. three numbers. The thing with me and, and of course this is kind of hypothetical is that, you know, there's a lot of like new lead guards in this NBA, right? And the lead ones we think of like high usage lead guards is like James Harden and Luca Doncic. And I think this is undisputable that if we got Steph Curry in that role, and I'm not saying it could happen because I don't think he can quite bear that front, but it's undisputable that if Steph Curry was in that role, you know, he'd be just ballistic, you know, like someone at that high usage, at that efficiency. Um, and, I, and I understand that Steph Curry, you know, can't quite carry the entire weight of a team, but, you know, given what he can do, you know, like I just cannot put him, above most of the kind of other guards and lead guards in this NBA right now. 
because again, like what he does for a team, I think impact wise, it just doesn't match up with, you know, even a guy like a, a James Harden, a Luka Doncic. And, and that, that's another, you know, positive argument for Steph that he doesn't demand usage rate insanely like a Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Luka Doncic. And, you know, that he actually moves without the ball because that makes him, that's probably his biggest threat, his biggest weapon when he doesn't have the ball. Um, so, th- I mean, that's definitely a positive argument in his favor. But it's not that I doubt his greatness because, again, again, I do think he is the greatest point guard of all, all time. But I wonder sometimes, can he really, like, can he get his team to the playoffs as the best player on his mm. team, you know, without, with, wait, 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 without, you know, a Clay, a Draymond, and guys like that. Can he actually carry a squad like that Man, to the playoffs? That's interesting. I, I've questioned, so, like, semifinals, conference finals, finals, but I don't think I've ever questioned, could he get him to the playoffs? That's, that's, uh, that's interesting. In a deep, so, and, and granted, I, I, I and, and, and granted, in a deep loaded West. Mm. In a deep loaded list. I, I know this is a little bit, you know, digressing because this list is about the here and now. But, you know, there's this thing going around on Twitter today about like, oh, Steph Curry now has to play with, you know, less guys who can like score and handle and do all that than he did before. But let's not forget on that 73 win team, Steph Curry was literally the only dude who could get his own shot. The only dude. Who yeah, can get but you can have Sean Livingston. No, 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 but no, no, Sean no, no. Livingston, stop, sir. Okay, but but when Sean Livingston is your second option to go get a bucket, I'm like, joking, bro. I'm, I'm joking. Bucket, I'm stop, joking. But, but th- this is my point. So I know I know we're talking about right now, but I don't want to hear that step. That's not the argument like, I'm without, making. Without, but it's that like the dude literally was the only guy who could dribble the ball on a team. That's not the argument so, I'm making. For a team though. that won seventy three wins. That's not the argument I'm making though, because. Now, without Clay Thompson, it's feasible that they don't even make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And with Clay Thompson, they could have been the third best team in the West. Mm. I, what I will say is what you're doing with Steph Curry right now is kind of what I did with Kevin Durant, I think. So I'm not totally mad, and I wasn't mad when you said the Warriors might be a fringe playoff team. I'm not totally mad if you have you know some doubts about Steph Curry. I just wouldn't have him to the point where I think a guy like Luka is better than him because, you know, you're talking about a guy who plays similarly, except, you know, oh, they have a 15% different, uh, a three-point percentage differential. You know, so, like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know. None of us. Do any of us truly know? Kidding. Um, no. <laughs> uh, what are we at, six? It's on me? Yeah, so I, I, I was, I mean, it, it's it's me, but okay. so... Just talking about Luca a lot. I do have Luca at number six, hey. and part of me felt like this was generous because I talk a lot about Luca and how much I love him, how much generous? I think he's special. I do because I think I, again, like I'm saying, I think he's a special talent. He's doing things and you know in a way that we've never quite imagined in terms of you know beating people off, off of literally just like smarts and rudimentary skills alone and not athleticism, but. How many times on this podcast have I talked about, you know, floor raiser, ceiling raiser, talked about if he's, you know, 31% from three and doesn't improve off of that, you know, can he really even lead a team past the second round? You know, so like, 
of all the times I bring that up and about how I feel like Dallas Earn maximized, you know, what Luca's effectiveness is surrounding him with shooters and spacing the floor, you know, again, that's why I have him at six, where he's such a special individual talent, but he needs to get better, especially efficiency wise, for him to justify that usage. And, you know, I'm not sure he's at that point yet, which is why I can't have him above a guy like Harden or Curry. James, I mean, what has James Harden shown that's otherworldly better than Luka? I mean, for one, James Harden is more efficient. But also, James Harden, in that same high usage role, almost led that team to beat the Dynasty Warriors. Oh, my God. So, I had Luka Doncic at six as well. Um, And it was really tough for me to kind of gauge, because it was really between Jim and him and James Harden, between five and six. And I've been battling with that over the past week, which one I, I would uh, I would give the edge to. Because honestly, if I'm sitting in the GM's chair and like even for just a one singular game, right? One singular game and you ask me, Reagan, you get your pick of James Harden or Luka Doncic for this one game. Who are you getting? I still might give the edge to Luka Doncic. But I've seen it for longer from James Harden. I've seen it more consistently from James Harden. He shoots at a higher clip, so I still have to give the edge to the veteran at this point in time. But I think it's very feasible that we see, you know, not even by season's end, but like the, by the all-star break that, you know, we're talking about Luka Doncic, not just as a top five player, but possibly a top three player. But I just can't do it right now. I can't do it right now. So I'm going to give the edge to James Harden. But what, what do y'all think? What do y'all think? Did I make the right decision? I mean, I can't, I can't really fault you for that. I obviously had Luca higher, um, but again, I, I had him fluctuating anywhere, you know, w- within this limited range that we have. So, I mean, I, I can't really be too mad at that. I understand that James Harden and Luka Doncic are essentially kind of like the same archetype of player, but I, I'll get into why later. Why I'd rather have Luca. Hmm. I mean, we talk about, I mean, we just had a whole conversation about, you know, basketball versatility and what can you do when the ball's not in your hands. This, this isn't to say that Luka Doncic isn't like some elite off-ball cutter, right? But there's no lack of willingness from Luka Doncic. So it's still really tough for me. I'm almost talking myself out of it right now, but I still got to give the edge to Luka Do- or to James Harden, excuse me, um, at number six. So with that said, number five, Julio, back on you. Number five, I got AD. Um, and going back to my previous pick, Steph, it was hard putting AD over Steph. Um, and it's it's solely based on the confidence mm-hmm. or non-confidence I kind of have in you know Steph being able to shoulder the load as a number one, just like I do with AD. Except that AD, I, I think, brings a lot of things uh, – also to the table on the other side of the floor that, you know, a lot of people fail or just don't acknowledge like Eddie because he thinks defense doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, the but fuck is that? Just what just, Reagan took the words out of my mouth and, and we attacked this point when we were talking about who would you give the awards to? And I said on that pod episode, that, I mean, I don't have a problem, you know, with them giving it to Giannis, but if I had to make a case for AD, I mean, why would I give it to AD? It's because he totally transformed the defense for the Lakers 
from last year to this year. Um, and I think you know, he's not we, – we've gone into this, and people know this, that he's not a traditional big. He can shoot from the outside. He can handle. He can shoot the mid-range. He can shoot turnaround jumpers. There's almost no weakness in his game. So, I mean, for that reason, you know, alone, I, I just – I have to have AD – at five, but I will say this, that, you know, I, I wasn't too mad at Eddie having him lower. And I do think it's maybe not to the point where it's egregious, but I, I emphatically disagree with people like or, or organizations like ESPN having him, you know, at the number two spot on their list. Mm. I emphatically disagree with that. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's surprising to hear you have him all the way up at five, considering every time I watched the Lakers game with you, it was, AD, get up. Get up. You're fine. He's so close <laughs> You're good. AD will be writhing in pain on the ground. I'm like, oh, God, this is it. Like, AD, you're fine. I mean, it's because I saw it so often throughout the regular season. It's like it became almost a joke. Like, I, 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 it, it got to points where I thought it was like, I don't know if you guys saw that highlight where JaVale McGee pre- played possum and he pretended like he was hurt mm. against the Warriors. Not he sure pretended like he was hurt and then, you know, he came back in. Draymond stopped paying attention to him and then he came back into the play. AD dumped it to JaVale and he got a dump. Right. So I'm not saying that, you know, AD fabricates or fakes his injuries or, you know, his him being hurt. I was like, just, just tough it up. So at number five, I also have – Another center, and yes, I did say center. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Julio, you kind of hit it on the nail. He's not a number one option, like focal option. He's a 1B type of player. But I also think we're kind of wildly overreacting to him right now. Like, I think we all kind of understand he's not the best player in the league, not a number two. But that, you know, like, I feel like people are talking about him, like, because he didn't show up in these playoffs and didn't do what they needed to do, that all of a sudden, like, he's not some sort of premier player in this league. Um, that's just not true. You know, like, he's still a game changer in this league. I mean, all these the guys floor, are game changers. Oh, yeah. It's top I 10. do, but the thing is, like, because um, he can't hit a pull-up jumper, can't, uh, you know, create his own shot, can't run the pick and roll, like, um, again, he might not be a lead guard. You know, he might not be that jumbo wing initiator type player in the NBA. But you can't tell me that you run him like a point center, you know, make him make one read decisions, make him still draw, you know, defenders into the paint at the rim. And of course, you know, of course, you know, I hate defense or whatever, but still be the monster that he is on defense. You can't tell me that that's not one of the most destructive players in the league. It is. Just because is. Ju- 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 just because there are some limitations to him, which is what makes him not the best player in the league, doesn't mean that he doesn't qualify as a top five player. Because if you ask me, put him in the Draymond Green sort of point center role, that's one of the most destructive players we've probably ever seen in the NBA. Because oh. you just shaved off his weaknesses and amplified his extremely, extremely powerful strengths. Okay, t- t- tell me this. I don't disagree with you. I, in fact, I totally agree with you that they, you know, they they don't play him right. Whether you know, I'm not even getting into positionality, but I would play him totally differently. I, I do agree with you at that. And you know, you put AD in that same exact role. I mean, AD wouldn't be winning a championship either. But you just can't tell me that Giannis is better than AD. AD. I mean. From a defensive standpoint, 
that's essentially equal. And from an offensive standpoint, bro, it's not close. It's not close. See, because because again, I'm looking at Anthony Davis right now, and he's already been maximized. I mean, you can say he was, you know, like uh, he, he could do whatever true. he wanted I, in New I, Orleans. I, I can't and, let this ride, LA, Eddie. Like he was a little bit lessened, but. Again, this is not something that, like, oh, we have to see Giannis make that jump. Like, we know what Giannis can do right now. So it's not a question about, oh, like, can Giannis do that? No, it's like, Giannis, all you got to do is shift the role around, and, you know, like, there you go. It's like a type of weapon. Mm. It's a type of playmaker that we're not seeing from AD, that we're not seeing from any if other you put, I, like I, I can't, I can't disagree with a word you said, Eddie, but I, I, gotta, I can't let it ride because of consistency. Uh, in terms of how you made your list. Because I remember, like, yeah, at the top of the show, you said, I'm not going to do the cat thing and talk about what dudes could be if utilized correctly. But that is what it and sounds again, like. I with, know, with I, know I said couple. all that. But it's just so hard for me to so, take a I mean, guy who is back-to-back MVPs, take a guy that, I mean, let's be real. like he's That's on the dominant. voters. That's on the voters. But you can't, you can't tell me he didn't deserve those MVP awards. I mean, sure, he deserves them, but... Again, maybe it's just my perspective is different. I don't like talking about a player who, you know, is, you know, got the accolades, you know, literally the only player since I forget who to be the defensive player of the year and the MVP in the same year. And then act like, oh, like, you know, you got to put him in a box and, you know, uh, like he's not good or whatever. It's just like, I don't like talking about him like that because I think he's deserving of a little bit more praise even if What's he's not one the complete thing? player we hope him, you know, to be. I mean, and, and I get if you maybe if maybe you, there's a little bit of uh, asymmetry in talking about like, oh, I'm looking at a player for what they are, but it's like to me, I can't convince myself enough that that really is what Giannis is. It's on the Bucks to figure that out. It's not on, you know, like it's not on anybody else to dock Giannis for that. It, it's just look, that's what your role is. Well, it is on us to dock Giannis for that if. We as fans, we as analysts have propped him up to be this MVP, you know, number one best player in the world. He's not that. He's not that. And my my thing with Giannis is that if you gave him all the requisite skills, you know, like like KD has, I I said this in our group chat the other day, he'd be the best player ever. And I'm not even front. I'm, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, you know, using hyperbole. He'd be the best player of all time but that's just not feasible that's not feasible T- tell me give me a list of things that he does better than ad Ooh. i mean he he is so much more powerful of a finisher oh. and especially like a one dribble finisher that he commands defenses to respect him at the rim like when we talk about things like you know AD didn't get doubled by the, the clippers on opening night is he getting quadruple teamed at the rim when he's driving to the rim? Because that's on his teammates. That's on his. That's on the Bucks not having the requisite talent around him. Just having now, shooters. Is, is it, this is, is it, what it, I say. But, if you neutralize I mean, look, Giannis, look, two, you neutralize the whole team. But the two thing, years ago, Milwaukee had one of the best you know shooting cores around you know Giannis on that team. When you talk about Brogdon and George Hill and you know Middleton and and Lopez and guys work. like that. But the and thing literally is, literally, all Giannis had to do was kick out to them because they're always wide open every time, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. And it didn't work. Well, yeah, they was choking it though. Uh, like Mir- Miritich and them, they were selling. They were selling. That wasn't on Giannis. I still don't put that one on Giannis. That was on the uh, the team around him. 
But the, for me, it's just, you know, again, the like you mentioned, the asymmetry of just the, the terms of anal- analyzing players because it's fair. I see what Giannis could be in the right situation, but we have to look at things as they are. And so long as Mike Budenholder keeps on, uh, you know, beating the same dead cow or same dead horse or whatever the hell the saying is, then, you know, that's not what Giannis is. And we can't say that's what he is but, until I mean, he gets into that let's situation. Let's talk about it, though, because... I know Julio doesn't believe that Giannis, you know, should have been an MVP type player, but I mean, I think it's kind of ridiculous to be like. He no, I think he deserved. No, he deserved both MVPs. He deserved like the Defensive team. Player of the Year. He he deserved all that, all of that because those, I mean, those are regular I, season awards. That, that that's I've his. Said, I've said that out of all these guys on this list, he's bringing you the most wins, and that's something you like. I'm not even to have the account. Like, okay, I get that those are regular season awards, but. It's not for nothing, you know? It's like that okay. means, like, you're legitimately a weapon in this league. That, you know, you are something. I mean, all these all these guys are weapons in this league. But let me ask you this. If they did the MVP voting after the season ended, after the whole season, including the playoffs, ended, who's winning the MVP? Like, is it still based on the regular season or based on, like, No, no, I'm saying after playoffs? the entire season ended, including the playoffs, you're giving the MVP to? Well, they give it to LeBron James because he won the finals. It's exactly so. That's on the voters, right? Just like it's on the voters voting Giannis every year. But I'm just saying, like a player like him to be a back-to-back MVP, and now we're talking about him. You know, not just you know being like, oh, you know, he's kind of limited skill-wise, but to literally be like, you know, it feels like we're talking about him like he's not shit. I mean, we're not. So, I mean, he's he's on our top ten play. list, right? Like, like, and mind you, I'm the guy. Like, I, Giannis is still in my like probably top three, top five favorite players in the NBA. I like adore Giannis Antetokounmpo for what he is and where he come from and how hard he worked to get there. Um, but in criticizing him for the things that he isn't, I think that's fair to do. Um, and when we look at top I mean, five, like, like again, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I guess, I guess, just to put it more succinctly. Like, I don't do these list things, like, very linearly. Like, I don't think I want to have, like, for at least ranking the top NBA players to be like, they have to hit this criteria, and I'll rank everyone on a single criteria. And, and that's the thing with Giannis. It's like, look, like, I, I get the, the the detractions, you know? Like, I was the one last year to be like, well, obviously Harden was more skilled than him. But to me, it's like, you know, back-to-back MVP, and, like, I know what he is. It's like, I'm just... I'm not. I can't rank him lower than five. Like I can't convince myself that he's lower than five. I'm trying to recall I mean, who you have behind him. Um, I have Luca, Jokic, AD, KD, and uh, Jimmy Butler. KD's egregious. KD, KD is pretty bad. Yeah, KD's egregious. You can't. There's no, there's no world in which KD's a worse basketball player in the Osmonds company. That's not even like close. That's not even close. If 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 KD, so that I mean, they'd essentially be on the same level if. KD was just leading his teams to second round exits every year, right? Right? I mean, every year, Giannis is the favorite. His team is the favorite. Why don't you win? Why don't you win? I mean, again, there's a reason why that he's not number one right now. There's a reason, you know, he was number one last year. And, you know, obviously we saw what happened. I'm like, okay, like, he's not, he's not quite that. I I, I guess I'm just, what what I'm saying is I'm finding it difficult to. Than, like. I, like, I don't think he can be say he's worse than Luca. I can't really say he's worse than Jokic. You know, 
I can't really, again, like, obviously you agree, Julio, but I, I can't really do it with Anthony Davis either. It's just I've seen more playmaking, like, game-changing stuff out of playmaking. Giannis than any of the other players. Then, no, no, I, I meant game-changing. <laughs> Julio is going to come for you. No, I mean, I guess where I, my beef is is really just the criteria, man. Like, I, I, like, with Julio's, I might disagree, right? But, like, I get it because I know where Julio's coming from on each of his analysis. But I don't know. It kind of seems... Not haphazard, but I, I kind of it, it's it's a fluctuating criteria for each of the players because, you know, clearly the, there there's certain things that Anthony Davis can do that Giannis can't do that I've heard you knock Giannis for in the past, but somehow it doesn't make Giannis a worse basketball player than Anthony well, Davis. Because cause there's things Anthony Davis can't do that Giannis can't do, like literally collapse the paint like nobody else has ever seen, and to me. That's more, but it's like what 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 is he doing with that? That's where the beef starts coming in with like not even the beef, but that's where people start questioning Giannis. It's like great, you can collapse the paint, you can draw double, triple, quadruple teams, but once that leads to a turnover, now I have to question your basketball skill set. Like he's collapsing the paint, great, but if you're not doing anything with that, James Harden's face. Face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, see, see, now, 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 we're really just simplifying it and acting like you know he hasn't ever successfully kicked out to a shooter. I mean, yeah, before. but what I'm saying I mean, is like when it's when push comes to shove and it matters that like that he's able to combat those things, he's proven not to be able to. Like I, I get it. Like there's again, not, like, they're not I, saying like I've said that you know like that that's an area where he needs improvement, hasn't improved yet. But again, it's like I started making the list. And I'm like, well, maybe Giannis isn't even a top ten player, and you know, like I'm doing it. I'm like. That's just ridiculous. You know, like, how does a player that accomplish, you know, it's just not, slip our minds? Oh, I guess like, it's oh, not, not, bro, it's not, player. like, here's what I was, it's not all or nothing, though. Like, it's not like, and I think that's where it's getting caught up. It's like, I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, Giannis is freaking terrible, not even top 15. But in the same vein, I can say, okay, he's probably not top five to me because of the certain I mean, lapses I think, that he I had. Think, I think five is fair. And, and really, if our real criteria was top NBA players, as in who would you build your team around, I'm like, yeah, I probably want to build, you know, start with Giannis as a piece over Luca and still over Jokic and over Anthony Davis. Like, oh my maybe God. it's not, but like that, that's uh-uh. just in my mind, like I could, I could, you know, make sense of that. Hmm. Interesting indeed. Interesting indeed. All right. Number five for me was James Harden. Um, I've kind of talked around James Harden and Luca already, so I won't beat that drum too much, but any, any comments on James Harden? I don't know. It's weird. I, I've... <laughs> Because I had James Harden at six last year, I think. Hmm. I don't know. That five, six, seven range is just weird to me. That one I feel like could change, given how I feel on a on a certain day. Um. Actually, no. Luca's pretty solid at seven, but but I mean Kawhi is pretty solid at seven. But between Luca and Harden, that's still kind of a toss up in my mind. But we can go ahead and keep it pushing yeah, to four. Fair. That's fair to me. For sure. For sure. All right, Julio, number four. At number four, I have Luka Doncic, and mm. I consider putting him at number three mm. uh, above the person who I do currently have at number three. Naturally. Um, but, you know, touching on all the negatives on Luka Doncic's game, um, Eddie, and Eddie has illuminated all of them in the past, and, you know, I've kind of echoed them. Once Eddie kind of mentioned how much better – he posed that question, how much better can the Mavericks get? It kind of had me pondering, not not only about, you know, Luka Doncic himself, but about that kind of player, that type of player like James Harden, like Luka Doncic. Um, 
And it's a darn good question to ask because, you know, with as much as they dominate the ball and it's, you know, it's essentially the opposite of a Steph Curry who might be one of the most, if not the most unselfish superstar to ever play this game. Um, But Luka is too good to not only have him above James Harden for me, but to not even have him in my top five. And the thing about Luka is that I know for a fact that he can not only, you know, carry his squad to a certain point past their, maybe their abilities, but he can also, although he might put a cap on his team, uh, uh, you know, put a, a, a visible ceiling on his team, he undoubtedly makes the players around him better. Everyone, you know, all, all the players that played with him this past year had their best shooting percentages um, of, of their careers. Mm. And I think that, that there's something to be said about that. And the thing about Luca is that, you know, KP went out, and obviously I, th- I believe that Chris Porzingis is an integral part of that team uh, for if they want to, you know, accomplish something meaningful and, and, you know, on the biggest stage. But Luca was still able to carry that squad and almost, you know, beat the Clippers. And I think he can feasibly, even without KP, perhaps I, I can envision him getting to the conference finals, and I, I wouldn't put it out of that out of the question. So for all those reasons, I just, I just think Luca is far more special than James Harden, and he, he's next up. He's next up. He's next up. He ain't next up, man. He's just up. <laughs> Luca's up. I can't even call oh, him next. Right. Up. next up. I, I I do agree. Like he's the leader of this next vanguard of talented young players. But on that point, you know, it's like, like I know it's a small sample size because we only seen him play in one playoff series. But if we talk about a player whose you know ceiling last year was like lower half of playoff team in the West can't get past the first round. You know, it's like what exactly makes him you know better than a Giannis per se he's more basketball skilled, perhaps wow but again if we're talking about the same sort of ceilings that I kind of highlighted that you kind of agree that you know how much better this Dallas Mavs team gets you know it's like what what exactly becomes the difference then okay 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 as much as I love Trey Young and I don't want to put him on the spot put Luka on that team are they making the playoffs yes hell yes Hell yes. I mean, that's the type of value and and elevation that Luca brings to your team. I I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's worse than Trey, but like hopefully he can turn Cam Reddish into a a, a 35%, you know, three point shooter like he was doing with some of these Dallas guys, which I think it's possible. But I mean, continue. I'm I'm not exactly sure where you were going there. I mean, that's my whole point of how much he ele- he might put a ceiling on your team, but he's certainly going to elevate your squad to a point that only few guys can, you know, bring and drag your squad uh, uh, to a certain point. He might drag your squad far- further than a Steph Curry. Hmm. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm I interested. Mean, yeah, I, Go ahead. I, I mean, like, it's funny because I was like appalled when he said he might drag your your team farther than Steph Curry. But, like, you might be right. He's a floor raiser. He's a floor raiser type of player. But I don't know. It's like you're the type of dude to talk about championships, you know, winning and and all that. And it's like – Yeah, and I think he's going to win for a long time. He's played two years. He's played two years. I know. I get it. (laughs) Oh, now now you're on the the youth train. 
if we're talking about right now or even talk about after the season, right, if we're looking at it in retrospect, it's like to me, the player he is is not leading them, you know, to the championship ceiling. But I, I just so like I don't know. It's like if you're talking about that kind of evaluation, it's like you know, it's like he's not there, right? I think about equivalent pieces, right? And I think about like equivalent talent around a player. And what I mean by that is Right now we're looking at Giannis, and I won't even look at this year's team, but I'll just look at the teams he's had in years past. You've had, you know, all-star caliber wing. You've had all-defensive player big next to you. You've had guys like Eric Bledsoe. I wonder if you put pieces that fit around Luka that are also at the level of the pieces that fit around Giannis. I think that those are easily conference title contending NBA final contending teams. I think that's the overarching points that you can't kind of just switch yeah. out and say yeah, like, yeah. okay, Luca has a, a clear ceiling, but you know, if you put better players around him, obviously the team ceiling yeah. would get higher. Um, he's had great role players, but I wouldn't say that even when Luca was at, uh, I mean, Luca, Chris Stapps was at his best. Like, you know, Chris Stapps wasn't at any point this past season, really like phenomenally game changing. I didn't feel like. When when I say how much better can the Dallas Mavericks get, I'm not even saying can they get past the first round. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that, you know, when I say how much better can they get, it's not – I'm saying you can't just drop a guy like, let's say, like a, like a guy like KD, just add him to the mix and be – obviously it's going to make your team better. But you can't just add a ball-dominant guy next to Luka because it's, your offense isn't just going to work. And you, you have to find the right pieces, tailor-made pieces around Luka Doncic, and that's why it makes it a more difficult task. But, um, yeah, another reason why I have Luka over James Harden is because of the passing ability. And, and I know that James Harden's passing ability isn't you know average or you know isn't good because it, it, it is good. But Luka Doncic is on another level. His passing ability no, is no, crazy. James is the best passer in the league. Okay. Stop. Stop. There's no way he's a better passer. Okay. Can I, can, I, can I interject here? Because I feel like you guys are about Stop. to... I see what you mean. And when I... When, like, Eddie, when you say James Harden is the best passer in the league, like, I'm inclined to agree with you in, in to an extent in that he's great at working angles. He's accurate as hell. His timing is impeccable, right? Like in terms of the ability to get the basketball to his teammate at the right time, he can do all that. But is it is it he would be averaging 15 assists a game? Let me let me finish. Is it functional? Because he passes when he has to, right? Luca's a guy who I think creates for his teammates when he passes. Harden's almost like getting out of a situation that he put himself into when he passes. You think you think James Harden passes the ball like Russell Westbrook? Not like, like Russell like Westbrook, that. but it's kind of, like you know James Harden isn't he? James Harden isn't the type of guy to like see somebody that 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 you know wasn't supposed to be open right and, and create something there. James Harden's pat 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 pat. Okay, back cut there. It's open. Pat pat pat. I got everybody distracted. This guy's over here wide open. I got the defense collapsed on me. Like that's not what Luca does. Luca's a lot more creative. If he was the best passer. If he was the best passer in the league, and all if all of that was true, he'd be averaging fifty. Assists but he that's what I'm saying. Like Luca or Harden doesn't averaging like four, he was averaging fourteen just like a couple of years ago. I mean a couple like, of years James ago. Harden is the premier guy at creating passing windows, you know, using timing and rhythm to leverage defenders and creating windows to dump the ball off to other people and recognize average, defenses and switch to the you know open person. 
His highest was 11, and his last few years, it's been 7-7. Seven seven. It I mean, wasn't like year saying, 14. That's like saying Steph Curry, Curry sucks, sucks as a passer because he was averaging like five assists. No, because when you look at the, when you look at the I, I, usage, I, I like when I look at James Harden, right, that's a guy who has the ball in his hands pretty much the entirety of an offensive possession, and he's using most of that usage to shoot the ball, right? Yes, he passes the ball when opportunity presents itself. I guess that's the dichotomy here. James Harden is a great passer of the ball when the opportunity presents itself. Luka Doncic creates opportunities to pass the ball. That's where I think the difference is, and that's why I'm more inclined to agree Eddie, with Julio that Luka Doncic is a more effective James, James passer James than James Harden. Harden. The, James Harden does the, does the same thing. I don't know where Eddie, this is coming Eddie. from, and I don't really want to get too far into it, but I don't know. James Harden is if still his, a premier passer. If his, usage, if his usage rate is the highest, he should, and he's the best passer in the league, he, with three point shooters around him, I mean, he should be averaging the most assists in the league. For those three reasons, he should be averaging. It should the be most the greatest offense of all time, if we're being honest. Like that—that's a recipe for championships, right? I mean, I, like again, he was doing that like not that long ago until he kept on, you know, like isolating more and more. Four and years ago, for himself. Four but it's years like, ago. Again, I don't like. I don't. It's not something that I expected to disagree with that you guys would bring up, you know, that James Harden is not the greatest. Luka Doncic is We're not saying that he's not a good least, passer. Again, I we're like splitting think, at hairs think, in this top least, ten. I think I think Harden can do everything that Luka can as a passer. That's what I'm saying. Like there's no there's no pass that James Harden is incapable of making. He can make every pass, right hand, left hand, corner, top of the key, wherever the hell you want to throw it on the court. Like he can make all of the passes. But what I'm saying is James Harden's like it's not creation he's not he's not doing things with the intent to create for the people around him like Luca is that's where I think the infatuation for Luca's passing ability really comes from me is like when I watch Luca I'm like damn he just set that up from there you know what I mean and James Harden is more of a it's kind of not as whimsical I suppose at some point people are going to stop getting swindled and realize that Luca is just a younger James Harden right now Okay, no, 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 okay, okay. This, this, like, really this is are. where I need to cut you off. This is where I need to cut you off. So I was going to ask you this, and I don't want to simplify it to this, but it's come to this. If you had to bet your life on one of these two occurrences happening, which would you bet on? Luka Doncic, a Luka Doncic-led team winning a championship, or a James Harden-led team winning a championship? Mm. I mean, you asked me right now, when Luka is 21 and growing, it's like, no, I mean, we can see that throughout that, that this is my point. This is my point. We can see that throughout his career, James Harden likely will not okay, win a championship. I will, I will say, do you think Luca will win? Say, uh, don't speak too I fast on James Harden. It's more now. likely to be Luca only, only because of the sake of time and that he's still on the upswing. No, no, no. I'm not talking right about now. from here on. I'm not talking about from here on. I'm talking about in their entire career. right now, like, like right now. No, I mean, for for all the years that James Harden has played and for all the years Luka Doncic will play. I mean, I don't know how great Luka Doncic can be. I think he can be even better than James Harden. Like, all right, I, but I wanna, right now? Like, I want to know right now. No, I'm not hard. saying right now. I'm not saying right now. I'm just saying in the, in the entirety of their career. But I just want to flag this episode. So when Luka Doncic wins a championship and wins an MVP, like... I'm. I mean, I, I just want to bring I mean, it I up. Again. I think I think he can be great, but again, we're talking about right now. It's like, 
Luca is just a slightly worse James Harden in in every aspect of the he, game. He elevates his teammates far more. He elevates his teammates far more. I'll be put it this way. Know, bro. Like, I'll James put it Harden, this way. He makes Ben Mclemore playable. Like here, here, here's, here's, no, here's, because they don't have anyone else. Here, here's what here's what I'll say. Out of out of the the, the Rockets organization this past offseason, we saw a whole lot of discontent from people about their roles in the offense and what exactly they did, right? And you can say this, that, and the other about James Harden, but I don't think you'll go to Dallas and you talk to Seth Curry and you talk to Trey Burke or you know whoever was on that that the Dallas team, I don't think you say that you see the same level of discontent, and I I think that there was a whole lot more structure to what Houston did, um that I get you see what I'm driving at right like it's not I mean, that's the fair. same level that's of creativity fair. that each guy's bringing to their passing ability. That's fair, but they you know at the end of the day they run a pretty similar ball dominant style of offense, and we're just looking at these players alone. I mean, ball dominant, you know, but we're like, talking about player movement as well. It's not just usage. It's talking about what is what exactly, how many ways does the offense attack you, right? Like, it was ball dominant with Luka, but you had a whole lot more going on off the ball than you had in Houston. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the point is, but... The point is that allows Luka to be more Luka creative than James Harden. That's, the, that's what, what we've been saying James this entire Harden time. Does. I mean, I think, if anything, all that could be because Luca can't quite accomplish what James Harden does in his role, so they have to compensate by adding extra, you know, offensive action to make it work. Alrighty then. Um, on to four? We're still, we're on four, right? Julio just said his four. Yeah. Eddie, you're four. Yeah. Okay, so my number four, going after talking about James Harden so much, is uh, James Harden. Um. I get it. Like, he disappointed me. He disappointed everyone by stop trying in the second round against the Lakers when I thought they had, you know, they had the best chance to win the championship in their career, perhaps. But um, at this point, I think what we know of James Harden is James Harden. He might be the best offensive player in the game right now, arguably the best offensive player we've ever seen play basketball. But we also know he has a lot of apathy on the court and that his uh, conviction to winning is questionable, and that when you ask him to just run a little bit and try a little harder, sometimes he doesn't do all that. Um, that being said, if you ask me, just knowing what he is and you know, knowing that you know, he has weaknesses, but given his skills and his strengths, that's you know, the number four player in the league to me because who else is doing all that? You know, nobody else is doing that at his usage, getting 35 points a game, carrying a team, you know, being the, the, the only engine basically Luka. getting your team to, to, to contend like that, to, you know, to, to go to the second round this year. Uh, and I know we're not talking about previous years, but go to the conference championship in, in like previous years. You know, it's like no other players doing that type of stuff. So we can talk as much as we want about, you know, the apathy and, and how much he just, you know, stops kind of trying and how much we hate his aesthetic style of basketball, which is which is fine. But if you ask me, in my opinion, you know, Let's focus on the strength. James Harden's a number one player in the Here's my thing with James Harden is, is that it's very hard for me to evaluate like how much he cares sometimes just because – and it's pretty ironic for me because a lot of people like to call him chubby and fat and you know out of shape. But I really think – I mean he's always up there in the most minutes in the league. 
for a player. He plays the most minutes. He never misses a game. So I know he takes care of his body off the court. So he shows that he actually cares. He's not like a Joel Embiid or a Charles Barkley that's just going to not care about their body, you know, in the offseason. But then, you know, it's like when he gets on the court sometimes, he, I mean, he shows those, you know, traits like he doesn't care, like you said, Eddie. So it's it's kind of like a double-sided coin um, with me about James Harden. Like, I know he cares, but maybe he only cares to a certain extent. Because I know he takes care of his body. And he shows that every year that he plays the most minutes and never he never gets hurt. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely an issue I have with, with James. I'm going to be really interested in seeing what he, you know, it looks like he's going to get traded from Houston. I'm going to be really interested in seeing what he looks like when he's asked to do different things. Because even even earlier in the show, right, like I, I kind of went in on James Harden for it being very frustrating that he doesn't do the simple things that, you know, just having the will to do them would would be enough to get you over the top right um but i almost wonder part of me almost wonders at least that if it's just like not ingrained in him to do so so his mind doesn't go there to do those things right because he's being asked to do so much and because he's literally asked to pat 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 dribble 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 shoot right when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, it's not his first instinct to say, well, shit, let me go try to set a screen. Well, shit, let me see if I can get a backdoor cut. Let me see if my defender's facing me or turned away, right? That's not his instinct to go there because of how he's been groomed to play basketball in Houston. So, you know, to his credit, I don't want to sit up here and just say, you know, claim that James Harden is just completely apathetic and doesn't give a shit unless he's dribbling ISO basketball. Um, you know, maybe it looks different in a different situation. Time can only tell, but... Well, I, something tells me we'll we'll know shortly. All right, my number four, Anthony Davis. Um, I I don't know. I feel like you know we've we've talked about like Anthony Davis already. Um, but I guess I mean before you explain, it's like this is the part when I was like I was thinking that Anthony Davis could maybe you could argue be like a number one player in this league. I feel like what you're about to argue for him being number four is, you know, kind of similar, just seeing that sort of dominance at the highest stage of basketball is like, it's almost hard to argue against when you could argue that he could have been the finals MVP, right? Pretty much, man. Like, I mean, you you took the words damn near out of my mouth. And I said this, you know, when we were going through the finals, is like, there were plenty of times when you looked at that Lakers basketball team and it's like, well, shit, if I was introducing basketball to someone who didn't know about these narratives regarding LeBron, about Anthony Davis, da, 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 if this was just somebody being introduced, who knew the game of basketball, but was being introduced to the NBA for the first time, he might look at that Lakers team and be like, well, fuck, number three is the best player on that team. He looks like the coldest one out there, right? Even though LeBron James is obviously LeBron James and you have to have a perimeter presence for Anthony Davis to be successful. Like Anthony Davis, you know, I mean, hell, you said it, Julio, that Lakers were at their best when Anthony Davis was the best best offensive player on the court and he was always going to be the, the best casual, defensive player on the court to the casual, to the casual fan eye. obviously to the casual fans eye but like you know Anthony Davis the impact man that I mean that dude I think a lot of people thought when he was going to come from New Orleans to uh the Lakers that it was just this you know zero come you were zero sum excuse me you'd just be getting Anthony Davis from the Pelicans and putting him on the Lakers I would argue that Anthony Davis is really indisputable, honestly, that Anthony Davis has become significantly better at basketball than he was in New Orleans. I don't know whether it was, you know, just having LeBron James there. I don't know if it was certain shit that he worked on, but 
if he was more motivated, whatever the case may be, Anthony Davis was a better basketball player this season than he ever was in New Orleans, and I'm going to hold wholeheartedly to that. I mean, when you put players in better situations, making them perform better, they're going to seem like better players. But to me, it's just like, it's the same thing with B.I. He showed me everything. But except this year, you gave him the ball more. And, I mean, he showed, I guess people could actually see what he had in his bag. And when he's put in a situation that caters to him more or benefits him more, I mean, you're going to think that he's better. But to me, it's just putting him in a better position. Um, to me, like the yeah, defensive... I'm not, I'm, not, no, I'm not sure if he got more skilled, per se, or if he added anything. But just that seeing seeing him do it in the NBA Finals, it's like okay, that's legit. You know, that kind of like puts a check mark on it, like confirms that he is that kind of guy. I think that's important to note too, because it's like when we evaluate these players around the league, and we talk about with Damian Lewis, sometimes the situations aren't exactly conducive to them being on the biggest stages. But you have to be able to evaluate for what they are, regardless of the situation, right? Like. You know, anyone who would have had Anthony Davis, I can't remember where I had Anthony Davis last year, but, you know, I'm sure there's some people who just got put on to Anthony Davis that he is this type of dude, um, which is just kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, that's four for me. Time for it to get kind of ill, I guess, <laughs> for three through one. I hope no one does no BS on one because it should be undisputed right now. But uh, we'll get into it. Who's your number three, Julio? This has been episode two of the 2020-2021 Top 10 Players in the NBA presented by Hoop and Holler. Got one more in store for you guys. One more. Three through one. And let me tell you right now, it gets heated, y'all. It gets very heated. Make sure you go tune in to the final installment. We'll see you there.